Buenas, buenas, and welcome to LatinXYC, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of U.S. politics from a Latino, Latina, and Latinx perspective. Hola, hola. Uh, my name is Clemencia Herrera, and I am the founder of Moira Studio, an advertising agency that works with the Latinx community to promote political and advocacy campaigns. And I'm Cecilia Del Cid, an environmental and social justice practitioner, an American immigrant from Guatemala, a community weaver, also working on media. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. We have Amanda Hunter back for more uh, insightful and awesome conversations. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you it's Amanda. great to be back. Great to chat with you. Um, Amanda leads the foundation, the Barbara Lee Foundation's nonpartisan efforts to advance women's political equality and increase women's representation in politics. She's covered the foundation's research on the role of gender in politics on PBS Net, NewsHour, NPR, and CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Vox, the Los Angeles Times, and Political. So it's all out there. I am, you know. Anybody wants to read more on uh, Amanda? This it's all out there. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you. It's great gracias. to be back. Thank you. So we've been, you know, this is the last episode on our series on Women's History Month, and I think this is a um, great topic to close on because you know we need we need to kind of jumpstart this a little bit. Um, we've been talking about women in politics, you know, the women that are trying to be in positions of power. Um, and now, and today we're going to talk about the other side of the coin, which is just women and how they're involved in their civic engagement, you know, plainly in voting or volunteering um, or just getting involved in their local or you know state politics and um, in order for women to run it to positions of power they need to be involved in some sort of way from the very you know from from the from a small way into a much bigger way it's not like you just like jump into politics like you know from one day to the other and um and you know it's, it's speaking with amanda in um uh in one of our conversations she brought up that you know based on their reports and their data um from the barbara lee foundation women are sort of tuning out and this is a huge huge issue um Amanda, do, do you, could you give us a little bit more insight into your findings? Yes, absolutely. So along with our partners at American University, we have a project called Gender on the Ballot, where we take a wide lens on gender around the current election cycle. So we have a blog where we analyze and we put out a survey each year of women voters. We just put out our latest survey last week. And from suburban women to soccer moms, women voters have always generated endless speculation during consequential election seasons, which is interesting because women are, of course, a powerful force at the ballot box, but we are not monolithic. We don't all vote the same. And our new data really sheds invaluable light on women's nuanced opinions and concerns in the wake of 
COVID-19. We are almost two years to the week. It was last week, mm. two years ago, that everything kind of shut down. And as my boss, Barbara Lee, says, women have always been the backbone of every political and social movement in this country, just maybe behind the scenes, but from suffrage and abolition to the civil rights movement and today. Women are driving critical conversations about the direction of our country. And in this research, women described life in America today with a few choice words, including in trouble, chaotic, and embarrassing. And women are exhausted, they are burned out, and unfortunately have really borne the brunt of so much of this pandemic. This pandemic has hit women very hard financially, 50% of women surveyed said their financial situation has gotten worse since the pandemic began. And that's 11% more women than last year when we did this poll. This poll was shown to be especially true among Latinx voters. 63% of Latinas told us that their personal financial situation has gotten worse during the pandemic. Women are exhausted, and if they're just trying to pay the bills and take care of their kids and pay for gas, the last thing they wanna do is get engaged in politics with their few spare minutes of the day, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and the, the biggest issue is that it, it is one of the most important things that they can get in, in, involved with, like because that is actually what is going to change you know their lives maybe it, it, it maybe and i don't know this is like a optics kind of thing or just like education or you know because I, I i have a feeling that a lot of people feel like politics is this thing over there sort of like mm -hmm. you know when you think of god oh god is this thing over there and mm -hmm. you know it's like you know sometimes you pray to it and like <laughs> It is like, you know, it's sort of like this really far removed, you know, all these people are really far removed and they're not, you know, they're just doing their thing and not really doing anything for us. And so it's like, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's really important sometimes. I, people have no idea sometimes like what a mayor does or what a governor does or what a senator does or what a congressman person does is like you know there's this there's this disconnect from politicians to people i mean i don't know if this is a this is a reason but um i, I there's a there's there's a lot of things that i i can think of right now that it's like why people just don't it, especially women you know because they're so busy with you know Take, taking care of children and you know the pandemic when they're home and, and 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 some of them are breadwinners and you know some of their husbands lost their jobs and there's mm -hmm. just or or they lost their husbands to covid like there's just so mm -hmm. many layers um of things but i'll shut up and i'll let you guys i was just gonna say um how 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 is on the other side, how is messaging being directed to this group of people? Is it, because if I think about the things that, I think everything you said like absolutely resonates to me. And I also think that one of the things a lot of Latin, Latina women that I know do is like we, we soothe ourselves with like through social media. So we are in, we might be scrolling, endless scrolling and stuff like, and we know that, that, 
propaganda works and then misinformation campaigns work and I'm always wondering why those things work and we cannot fine-tune our message to get the opposite and positive result to get engagement. Yeah, that's a really, really great question. I do think one positive from this poll in terms of engaging women is we did find that women know that it's important for other women to be elected to office. And women really distrust male politicians right now. We found that women are about as likely to distrust male politicians as they are to own a dog in this country. When you look at the statistics, because women have been disappointed and let down. And so what we have found, which I think is encouraging, is that as political parties are thinking, how are we going to engage women? What they should do is put more women on the ballot because women of color want to show future generations that women can do anything from serving in Congress to becoming president. And women of color in this poll were especially motivated about electing more women to office. 25% of women overall told us that they are excited about electing women to political office and that it's time to make history and show the next generation of women they can do anything. And among Latinas, that stat rose to 41%. Among black women, it was 34%. So in a survey where a lot of the results were frankly very dire and very negative, that was a bright spot and, and a source of opportunity. Yeah, I I know that there is countries where they, you have a very strong kind of government led by women and young women in their 30s, right? Like when I think of the political person in the United States, I think of male, white, and like in their like 60s, 70s, you know, and, <laughs> idea, and I think that there is this idea, like I was just I was like, I think, I, I mean, these are countries who are, smaller and very homogeneous racially like i think of iceland and finland but women held accountable through through crisis a lot of like financial crisis and health crisis like you know new zealand and covid pandemic is like we know that women in government tend to take care of business and write down look at everyone's needs and try to spread it instead of instead of like you know like squeeze it into small hands so the facts tells us that why is it that that hasn't translated to to this to the united states um yeah i think it has when you look at all of the women governors and mayors that really took center stage during the beginning of the covid19 crisis we did some research on handling a crisis and we found that voters know that women listen and not just to experts but also to affected populations and if you think back to two years ago it was the women in congress that were proactively having calls because they couldn't meet in person with different groups in their state saying what are your needs with child care what's going on with laptops mm -hmm. in the schools what holes need to be filled it was mostly women because women have lived experience that makes them think of different populations than a lot of the men that are in leadership. And during COVID, 
I think that was really evident when you look at London Breed, who was the mayor of San Francisco, who spent some time in public housing when she was growing up. One of the first steps that she took were to implement safety measures to make public housing more COVID friendly. I think mm -hmm. someone who had grown up with a more privileged background may not have thought of that first and foremost. And I think that's a powerful example why lived experience is so important for our women leaders. It seems to me that, you know, after all the conversation that we had, I'm trying to put two and two together. And it seems to me that what really is igniting women's interest in politics is having someone that listens to them or that listens to their needs it's it's it sounds so simple right and but it's uh it, it, it has proven to be very complicated i guess because it's not happening in uh you know the the way that maybe more women would get more excited about you know what's going on in dc or what's going on their you know local politics is you know for people to say how do you feel you mm -hmm. know what are you going through can you can i help you and mm -hmm. you know it's uh it, it's like sometimes some of these women and you know i can speak to the latinas because that's so you know where where i know the most some of these latinas are unsung heroes you know they mm -hmm. are they work so hard they're like the backbone of many families mm -hmm. you know supporting their you know second three generations you know in their house and in uh and, and they nobody says thank you or nobody says how are you feeling mm -hmm. and for someone in power to come and say how are you feeling how can i help you that's that's already so much and it's not very difficult i think you're right and i think it's important to note that there's still a myth out there that a lot of women need to be asked to run for office and that women are too modest and too shy and have to be asked multiple times. Maybe that was true in the 90s when Barbara started this work and Barbara is the first person to tell women to run for office all the time in, in ladies rooms or anywhere first when she meets people but the difference now Barbara always says women run for office to solve problems. And that's why we see women get activated into politics. Just like you said, they feel like no one's listening to their community. There's a problem that needs to be solved. They start working on it. Maybe they end up volunteering on a campaign or getting involved in their town. And then before they know it, they look around and say, wait a second, why am I waiting for someone else to run for office when I can do it? And it's exciting for us to see that women aren't waiting their turn anymore. They're stepping up and if they feel like they have something to offer, they're taking the chance. And I think that's really important and encouraging. It definitely is. Yeah. I, I had a button to skip me. Um, forget about it. Well, um, there's a, there's a, there's a getting involved, you know, as a, a to run for office. Um, but there's also, you know, turnout is a big issue. Mm -hmm. And um, especially here in the midterms that are coming up. And um, I, I keep hearing it in every single meeting that we have. Women, and especially Latinas in like Latino majority um, uh, districts, 
those are the ones that are going to turn the the elections and and i think that if women knew the power that they had to change their lives through legislation um, just by voting it's uh it's it's amazing and I, I, I don't i don't know if people know I, I you know we've had many conversations about latinos not knowing the power that they have and and then again if you add it you know at the fact that the, at, at the gender to it then you know if you're just always like working and blah blah you have no idea how much power you have and it's like it, 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 you know, you you had this question on messaging, Ceci, and I feel like mm-hmm. some of this messaging is like, you have so much power. I don't know. Well, it's interesting, too, because there's a dichotomy in this research. Women report that they're burned out and they're kind of tuning out of politics and younger women under 40 and women of color at higher percentages. But then three out of five women three out of five said that they believed that the midterm elections in November could be among the most important in their lifetime. So they know that the stakes are high, but they're also sick of the fighting. They're sick of the negativity. A lot of women don't really differentiate between who's from what party or who's in charge. They just think, well, no one's getting any do- anything done. They're all the same. No one's listening. And mm-hmm. that's, I think to your point is troublesome because once people have that thought, then it's hard to get them back. And I think yeah. um, when I said you, you rattled my, my train of thought, it was, I was going to ask, um, how do we, how would that be compounded by all the legislation that has been in place to kind of prevent the vote? Because like, there's been a massive um, effort to to reduce like accessibility to the vote in the last year, right? And we know that many of those policies are specifically targeted to to some of those communities of color, um, to women. Do you see any any extra hurdle to to see how do we begin to how our candidates or how community activists or how people who are interested in in having people access like to the ballot be easier can begin to 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 work collaborate to to, to it's allegate. a big problem it's something we're very worried about because women aren't going to be able to get elected to office if people aren't able to vote and mm-hmm. i think it's important for voters to look at their own towns and their own communities there are a lot of people running for town clerk and election adjacent positions that might not be glamorous or get a lot of attention, but actually have a lot of power over Mm -hmm. local elections. And I think it's also unfortunately falling on a lot of these nonpartisan groups that do the voter education and the voter registration to educate people about their rights. When you think about the fact that in the, I think it was in the 2020 election, a busload of senior citizens was pulled over by the police in Georgia on its way to the polls and told that they couldn't be transporting them, which was not true. But to have the wherewithal to stand up to authorities is galling. I also personally believe that there needs to be more education for voters in states that have access to voting that are more privileged white people about voter suppression because I don't think that 
people that have never seen it truly understand what it's like to have to wait for hours in the in the heat without any water or without being able mm -hmm. to sit down it's unfathomable because in a lot of privileged districts you can walk right in and out and vote and people just don't understand what the big deal is because they've never seen it before we were kind of kind of cynically joking that there needs to be a rebrand on that with people across the country so everyone can understand why this voter suppression is so damaging for all of us and damaging for democracy. Yeah, I think overall the conclusion from a lot of these conversations um, is education in, in, in for people to know more about who does what, whose responsibilities to do what, and what things mean. Like people don't have time to read newspapers and all these things. Like it's a, you know, it's 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 a tall order. Yes, it's a to to educate so many people on so many things. But I think that's where we need to start. Um, but that's all with the time we have uh, for today. Thank you so much, Amanda Hunter from the Barbara Lee Foundation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank this has you. been so great. Um, and if you like to, if you like to know more um, and download some of these really, really interesting reports that uh, they research on, you can go to barbaraleefoundation.org. They have free reports for you to download. Um, I've gone in through a, a lot of rabbit holes that I, you know, they're really interesting, and in uh, the way that they show the reports is very easy to read and um, and, and very digestible. So I highly recommend it. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, hit us up on social media at latinxyz.pod. <laughs> and <laughs> latinxyz.pod. I've been talking so, so much already. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much, um, everyone, for listening. If you like us, give us a rating. Tell your friends. And yes. uh, write to us. Send some questions. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you.